Welcome back, listeners. This is your favorite D&D podcast, Murphy's Roll. And today we are going to be talking about our session five. This is Reaper. This is Nian. And this is Bonecrusher, Strawboard, Earthquake, the Juggernaut. So, fellas, this le- this session is... Oh, my God, this session. It <laughs> picks up right where we left off in prison. Yeah. So, why don't you guys go ahead and start that off? And yeah, in that morning, we wake up. We're all in different cells next to each other, and... Earthbringer looks to his left, looks to his right, sees an unfamiliar face. So what went with that? Well, happened to be a, uh, you know, there was a prisoner next door. And, you know, he was scruffy looking like he's just been in prison, but he wasn't really dirty. He doesn't look like your average prisoner. He uh, looks like he's a clean person. He's just been in prison. So, of course, you know, you get that natural prison dirt. So Birthbringer is very interested by this. And since he's been saw right next to him, Besides, he's going to try to chat up and talk with the man. Um, doesn't go too well. Birthbringer, you know, tries to get some information from him. The guy pretty much says that he belongs in there, that he used to be a city guard, and that he killed his captain. He used to be a sergeant. He killed his captain. But he doesn't remember killing his captain. All he knows is that he woke up and his hands were covered in blood. The captain was uh, very surely dead. And the rest of the guards came in and were like, yo, what the hell are you doing, bro? You just killed the captain, and of course he got arrested. But once again, he doesn't remember how, why, when, what happened at all. So, Birthbringer, uh, after talking to this guy for a minute, you know, gets the bright idea, you know what, we're going to take you with us. Then decides, you know, he wants to take the guy with him. And the guy, does, of course, he's just like, no, I deserve to be in here. I'm a good guard, you know, I'm awful good, all that other BS. And uh, he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to leave. But um, Shaw, after Birthbringer kind of fails at talking to him, Shaw, a.k.a. Robotech, decides that he's going to try to talk to him, you know, try to talk to the guy. And Matt, I mean, this really doesn't really go anywhere. I was talking to this guy. I call out the guard. The guard comes over. I talk shit to the guard, so I'm going to fuck his mom. <laughs> yeah, like, I, sometime when there was talking going on, a base grip just staring at the wall, convinced that he's got a demon inside of himself. So he decides to ask this guy, because what he was saying, he killed the captain, but he didn't kill the captain. So Biscrip was like, so, do you have a demon inside of you as well? The guy's just like, no, I did it, but I didn't. Yeah, we really should have noticed, um, especially considering the fact that we've had possession in our campaign so far several times. We've had half our party members be possessed. We've had people try to bring poison coffee and poison pies. Or exploding pies. I don't know what kind of pie it was, but you know the pie. He never got to that part of the pie. He just left and never came back. Yeah. So you know, looking back, we really should have used that as our initial walking point. Like, hey, wait, half us been possessed. Why don't we? That's probably what happened to you. But we didn't even think about that during the session, like whatsoever. So that no, you guys did. It's just no. I I was trying to get the hell out of town. Like, no, we are leaving. Well, we should have initially brought up in the cell. That was later on. Uh, once we were getting released, the guards came to us and said uh, that we were being released after you guys' this whole, you know, phenomenal with the whole picture getting drawn and that whole escape thing from the last session. Uh, yeah. And um, the guards come and said we're released. I looked for the guard who was talking trash earlier, which he didn't really talk trash. He was just saying, y'all be quiet. And I was like, what a bitch. But, um... You know, after that whole situation, you know, we're trying to get our stuff to get up out of prison. 
I get Brethren gets his stuff. A base group with neither of us had problems. We just told him our name. Kind of scoffed at me, looked at me funny, because a base group, what kind of name is that? Then Shaw decided he was going to flirt with the guy. Oh, yeah. That was uh, very interesting. He even told him his name was Lover. At which point the guard was like, well, I got no Lover here, so you can be on your merry way. Yeah, so he wasn't getting his stuff. And then when he went back in to go try to get it, like, we were originally going to leave him, but we came back after we saw he wasn't with us. Birthburn went in there, was like, yo, can my dude get his stuff? Oh, wait, before that, you popped your shoulder back in place with the vantage. Oh, yes. And, uh, that's when you use that D12 instead of the D20. Several times. That was one of the uh, probably seven instances. Look, guys, I'm a D&D, like, virgin, beginner. I don't have a lot of experience. D12s, D20s, they're both, like, multi-sided. I mean, they look the same to me when you glance at them. But right after that, that's when you saw Mariah and Kai, and you just... Went to put them both in the headlock. They tried to roll, but they kind of failed. Yeah, so we ended up in a headlock, and it wasn't very fun. Until it was like, let us go. Shim was doing all kind of threats, like they were going to cut my dick off or something. But, um, you know, they, they were pretty trapped pretty well. It would have been quite interesting. But after we did with that whole, you know, issue and all that stuff, we went back. And Sean eventually got his stuff back after I made him come in and apologize. And something else happened that I think it was the guard threw Shaw's gear out the door just to get you guys to leave. Then you went to see Shadow Man, and Kai followed you discreetly. You were still going on about getting this guy out of prison, so Naraya and Abiscrip end up going in there. Biscrip does not waste time. He asks to ex- execute the guy. Sword arm hungers. Justice arm demands justice. The guy is going to hang anyway. And plus, we don't want to waste time with Birthbringer busting them out and putting us right back, so. Yeah, so thankfully the guard was like, no, 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 we have rules and he's going to hang. And we're like, dope, so we leave. But Shaw decides he wants to, you know, talk to the guy a little bit further just for the hell of it. He said he, said he had a gut feeling. Yes. And it's actually a good thing he did because Shaw rolled on a, what was it, an arcane check? Yes. And discovered that... Um, yeah, the guy was right. I mean, he did it, but he didn't do it. It was a suggestion spell. Yeah. So while that's all going on, Birthbringer and Shim, well, Birthbringer being closely tailed by Shim, hanging from the you know the rooftops like Assassin's Creed, uh, go to see the Shadow Man. I go basically. Birthbringer goes to the Shadow Man to go find out what he can find about this guy. You know what what information? Because I mean, Shadow Man and Birthbringer at this point they're friends. Well, that's what that's what Birthbringer feels. <laughs> yeah, friends. yeah. Apparently, him and the Shadow Man are you no know, bigger friends than the rest of the crew. Hey, look. All right, we'll Sh- get to that. Shadow Man ain't never done birth bigger wrong, and I will stick to that story. Well, well, you know what? At that point, at this point in time, I can say the same. Shadow Man has never done me wrong. You have. Look again. Okay. We'll get to that. But no, continue, continue. Let's, let's go ahead and get to it. So, birth bigger gets to the Shadow Man, and I ask Shadow Man for information, and the Shadow Man's like, "Okay, well, in order to get this information." You have to make a pact with me. All right. So it's already been well documented at this point that the Shadow Man is some kind of otherworldly being um, of immense power, probably really evil. I mean, he's probably neutral, but, you know, still, you know, some otherworldly being of immense power. And Birthbringer, one, not being very intelligent. Two, Shadow Man having, you know, not done him wrong yet. And, they, you know, the Shadow Man's got him all kinds of information, 
Birthright fellow the human channel and his friends. I mean, especially, you know, coming from the Goliath background where tomorrow, you know, today's enemy is tomorrow's friend. And Shadow Man's always been friend with the Birthright. Birthright's like, why not? Sure, let's do it. So they shake hands, and all of a sudden, you know, Birthright ends up in this dark plane. Everything hurts. <clears throat> it kind of sucks. Uh, but then he comes right out of it. Comes right out of it. But he has, like, the straight Inayasha Moroku hand going on. In the middle of his palm, think, without the wind tunnel. <clears throat> think the black spot from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I was thinking more of like a cursey old G two from Naruto. See, all three of us got different analogies. So you have to, all, all three of those, you have to have an idea of what this looks like. Nasty. So Birthbringer's like, well, damn. You know, I was planning on getting laid today, so that's not going to help out too much. Shim jumps down. He saw the whole thing. He was like, Yo, bro, what, what, what just happened? He's like, well, the shadow man wanted to shake hands, make a pack. Shim was like, whoa, bro, that's that's not that's not cool. He's like, you know, and then a paper also. I forgot about the paper that appeared. You know, there's a piece of parchment on the floor. Birdbring picks it up, and the from the black spot curse mark wind tunnel, ink comes down to the paper, and it pretty much says, "Pay what you owe." Uh, straight boondock style. And uh, afterwards, you know, Birdbring's like, well, hmm, about that. So he goes to go get some cloth. <laughs> Is that immediately after that? Yeah, you go. You go to try to find a glove. Yeah, basically trying to go find a glove. I end up going to some shop, uh, some cloth shop. There's a lady there. Birthbringer sees the lady. She looks nice or whatever. We never followed what racist lady was, but it didn't matter to Birthbringer. It doesn't matter. And uh, lays his mat, rolls a good dice roll. Gets the number, or not the number, but gets when she gets uh, when she's getting off work, so he's gonna go back and visit her. And uh, after that, goes down to the metalwork area, goes you know to the forge and stuff like that. Ends up running into a armor specialist elf, really nice dude. He talks to him. He's like, okay, well it's gonna take me like two days. Like I don't keep gloves in Goliath size. He's like, it's gonna take about two days to make this. Brother is like, all right, bet. I'm going to leave and talk to my friends and see if we can do this. And never comes back. <laughs> that guy's probably sitting there with Goliath gloves like, hmm, well. This was a that. big waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after that, you you go back to the tavern where the rest of us are at, getting ready to leave and whatnot. And what do you do? Well. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Real quick. This is after Kai has told us that you made the pack with the Shadow Man. My jaw drops. Just like, why would you do such a thing? Because once again, the Shadow Man is Birdbringer's friend. And that's the point where you just rage quit and left. You went to go buy the tickets. Yes, I went to go get the tickets for our airship ride back. I know what? Mm -mm, I'm done. I'm going to get our shit, and we are leaving town. Well, that was after. You decided to leave after I decided to start touching people. I was like, no, no. It, no, it was right before. Yeah, because he didn't know anything about what happens next. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, Birthbringer decides, look, I'm going to touch people with this hand and hopefully something happens. It says it's one of you guys, so here we go. So, touch it, I believe I touch Biscrip first, correct? Yes. Touch Biscrip first, nothing happens. Media next person, I touch Robotech. Bam! Dark Dimension, Seizures. Um, that's where he's got his new nickname from. He's now called Seizures. <laughs> and uh, Seizures, and he goes to the Dark Plane, and all of a sudden, he can't, uh, can't remember the last 10 years of his life. Yeah, the Shadow Man in his uh, in his amazing shadowy self decided what Shaw owed was ten ye was was ten years of his memory, the last ten years of his memory. So when he comes to, he has no idea who the rest of the party is. 
Oh, let me add in. As soon as Bird Bear touches him and and Robotech starts having seizures, and notices the black mark's gone, Bird Bear's like, all right, time to go get some lady pussy. Yeah. Yes. Give your friend, your co-worker, amnesia, and go off to go get pussy. Look, I didn't know he had a seizure. Hey. I didn't know he had a seizure. Don't forget, Kai was trying to talk to him when it was apparent. He couldn't remember who he was, so he just reached over and tried to take his gold. Well, what? yeah, okay, because it, like... Kai had the idea. Was like, okay, well, if he doesn't remember anything, then he doesn't he doesn't need the gold that I gave him from you know, the bounty that we collected. So yeah, he failed that role. <laughs> he, tried, he tried to rob his friend. Tried to rob his friend. Like he knew this guy was going. Our friend was going through stuff, and instead of after talking to him for five minutes, like, oh man, you can't remember nothing. Damn. Okay, well, rob. <laughs> we tried to get him to use a spell since he's a wild mage. The spells could go crazy, so he's like, no, just use light. See what happens. He casts light just fine. And we're just joking around of game like, just imagine he goes back to being a street performer. He's like, look at these lights. And now the entire town is on fire. And then at that moment, it would dawn on him, wait, those guys weren't lying. Yeah, it's too late to figure out where we are. But so after that, after Birthbringer goes to go find his lady friend, and after a bridge script, Kai tried to talk Sean to coming along to just just follow us to you know whatever will help you remember and Shaw just wasn't having it Shaw's like okay well I'm just gonna I'm gonna do me and I'm gonna go back to my street performer ways and he goes and stands on a corner and starts performing street magic and eventually when Kai and Abyss group come to find me I'm just sitting in front of the airship tower just like waiting it's like and when they tell me what happened I'm just like you've got to be shitting me really so I'm like all right here are you guys' tickets. I'm going to go find Shaw, and, oh, shit, we're missing Alistair. I'm going to go grab the damn Manitar, too. <laughs> well, yeah, see, Alistair, unfortunately, was not there for the session. And so, you know, we were kind of like, okay, well, we need to kind of coach him along. Well, they completely forgot about Alistair. Birthday didn't care. Uh, but they completely forgot about Alistair. And it took a little bit of convincing to go get you, to, to get to talk you into getting going back to get Alistair, or a.k.a. Smackers, too, and uh, going to go try to convince Robotech, a.k.a. now Caesars. Um... It's a little convincing. You were just like, no, let's leave. Let's, let's dip out. No, like, we'll, the ship's not leaving for like two hours anyway. So give it a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah, and plus you had to go collect this guy. Yeah, I had to go find Birthbringer as well because apparently he had a date. And I went out and thought that was like, you, you, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, I cannot handle these people right now. So I go and collect Alistair, give him his ticket, send him on his way to the airship tower. I find Shaw. I'm just like, all right, Shaw, I need you to come with me right now. Again, Shaw wasn't having it. He was just like, I don't know you. Why would I want to follow you? I'm just here doing my street magic. I'm trying to make an honest living here. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fix this right fucking now. So I drag Shaw to the Shadow Man. God damn it. I'm still livid about this, by the way. <laughs> I drag Shaw to the Shadow Man, and I go up to the Shadow Man. I'm like, Shadow Man, I need you to fix this. Like, please, like, my character's on the verge of tears. She's having a mental breakdown because of just what this party is doing to each other. <laughs> like, they're just, like, they're fucking each over, uh, they're fucking each other over in just any way they can. And just because, one, they think it's funny. Two, it's, no, it's their character. And three, it's just like, actually, I don't think there is a three after them after that. So anyway, I go, uh, I go up to Shadow Man, like, like, again, on the verge of tears, like, please 
fix this. I, I this is all I ask. I just need I just need this fixed. Don't even give me the full ten years. Just give me the last five years when he started his work as the mercenary, please, for the love of God. And Shadow Man was like, "All right, all right. What will you give me?" And after thinking over for a second, because I know the Shadow Man doesn't technically take material possessions, I have the bright idea to offer him one of my eyes. You didn't decide maybe one of my arms. I didn't want to go through my bag real quick. Straight up, give him my eyes. I don't have anything. Look, like at this point, we're turning into full metal over here. Just giving up body parts, memories. Hey, hey, hey. Again, I don't have anything. You trust me, if I had something that wasn't technically like a material item, yeah, no shit I wouldn't have given him something. But because I don't have anything, the first thing that came to mind was, how about I give you one of my eyes? I wonder, since he's a skeleton, if he just pops it in the skull, looks in the mirror like, look at me, I'm a woman now. <laughs> like, You're ruining my shit, man. This is supposed to be, this is supposed to be an intense moment. <laughs> an intense moment that, makes that, that justifies my anger for him right now. Uh, just my uh, anger for Birthbringer. It's the Shadow Man. He's a skeleton. Maybe he... He's... Eh, I guess he is kind of a skeleton. He's a, he's a smoky, shadowy skeleton. But right. yes, so... Anyway, I'm sorry, what? Oh, no, you go ahead. Okay. So, Shadow Man agrees, and using his smoky, shadowy ways, he just reaches over my eye, and my eye is no longer there. My left eye is no longer there. Surprisingly, without pain or anything, it was just you know, like, oh, hey, it's there. Ooh, it's not there. And this Shadow Man now has, you now in, in his position, one of my eyes, which he says that it's an eye that you now can't be found in anywhere else in the world, which is true. I'm the only Soul Knife. Even the DM was quite surprised when you decided you were going to do up your eye. He was like, you know, you, with the Shadow Man's voice, he's like, you really want to do up your eye? Dope. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't got no argument. Yeah, it, it threw everyone for a loop. Kai's reaction when you got back, just seeing the one goggle sunk in. So, yeah, again, we go back, we find everyone else at the tower. Shaw actually, yeah, uh, Shadow Man held up his end of the bargain. Shaw remembers the last five years of his life. And so we get back to the, t uh, we get back to the tower, and I'm just like, I am livid. Kai was just like, what the hell did you do? Why did you do that? I'm like, because of this motherfucker. And then Birthbringer walks up, and then because of this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, so Birthbringer went to his date, but he realized that his partners are going to leave him. He's like, oh, I don't want to be left. God dang it. So he goes to her, and she's all happy to see him, and she's all ready for this date, and, you know, ready to get her uh, her, her Birthbring. And uh, unfortunately, she's out of, you know, Birthbringer's like, oh, you know, but unfortunately, you know, work calls, I've got to go. She gives him this giant. Goliath-sized, fancy-ass, blue silk glowing scar scarf that hopefully has some kind of magic properties. I have to look that up sometime. Oh, no, I, I'll decide that later. <laughs> but, uh, you know, fancy, fancy blue scarf and everything. And uh, Brent Brown's like, all right, dope. Like, first he's like, no, I can't take this. Come on. Like, I didn't even, you know, I didn't get to lay it on you yet. You know, she's just like, no, take it, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, well, dope, you know. You know, everything's cool. So he goes back to the ship. Yeah, of course he notices the the eye things, but then he's like, "What the hell happened to you?" <laughs> and so thus I explain the reason I am missing my eye. <laughs> okay. And does he care? No, he doesn't. No, Birdbringer's like, "Why would you give up your eye for?" Like, that had nothing to do with me. I went in. Shadowman supposed to get actually Shadowman owes me some information. He never gave me my wrestling information, but you know, like I went in, got information. You know, went to go get information. 
you had a pack that happened. You didn't have to go a grind. That was your choice. Okay. <laughs> All right. I need to backtrack it because there's something I just remembered. Birthbringer, who was so insistent on freeing this dude in prison, left to go get pussy. Shaw, who found out that the man was innocent, lost his memory because of Birthbringer. The only person who could have proved this man's innocence lost his memory because of you, the one who was trying to get him out. What went through your mind at that point in time? First of all, I didn't know he lost his memory. Actually, in all actuality, Birthbringer has no knowledge that he lost his memory whatsoever. He left after he started having the seizures, came back, and he was too focused on you missing an eye. Okay, so what if well, what if you came back and we couldn't and I didn't do the whole eye thing to get Shaw's memory back and we were just like, oh, hey, where's this guy? I'm like, well, he lost his memory. Well, just leave him there. He told us he he told us he can prove the guy innocent and he lost his memory, so I guess the guy's gonna be hang. We can't do anything. I mean, I would have kidnapped Shaw. Um, that would have been simple as that. I would have. He's he's a magician. Man. Okay, just, even if you could Shaw. kidnap Shaw, I'm just saying. How are you gonna how are you gonna free the dude you wanted to free? We never went back for the dude. though. We haven't gone back. We're never going back for that guy. Fuck that guy. He's a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because at that point we got on the ship and it took off. Yeah, thank you for getting us back, with Andrew. You yeah. were getting off. But yes, so we we did get back on the we did get on the airship and we were heading back home to. Uh, to the port town that takes us to HQ, uh, HQ town. Yeah, about that time, everybody decides not. We're just going to retire to our own little cabin. Shaw stays upstairs. Then he heard something in the distance. It was at night. All he could tell was there was flapping. So he goes downstairs, knocks on the captain's quarter, takes a minute, knocks again. Then she finally opens the door. She cracks the door. Or cracks the door. She cracks the door, peeks out. It's like, what the hell do you want? I'm busy. And because yeah, Leela's in there trying to get trying to get laid. Birdbury can't get laid, but Leela, aka the formerly known as Sippy, aka One Eye over here, um, was over there trying to get stuff from the captain. I was just talking to the captain. I don't know what the fuck you talking about. And about that time, the entire airship just starts rocking. Everybody rushes out on top, and that's when we noticed them. There was what six harpies way off in the distance. We, saw, we only saw three. Oh, three. We only saw three harpies. Well, that's still too much. Yeah. I heard them singing. A few of us failed our roles on this singing. What a harpy does is sings. If you fall under their enchantment, you are drawn towards them. We're on an airship. They're about fifty yards out, so we had to grab the party members that started walking towards the edge of the airship drag them downstairs, tie them up. Then we go back upstairs and they ram the ship again. The captain is saying, we're going to need to abandon ship here. Put these on. He handed us these vests. So we barely got back downstairs in time to put them on. The enchanted people jumped off. We didn't know what was going to happen from there. We thought they were just normal parachutes. Up to the point we almost hit the ground, they expanded into like a giant bubble, puppy, suit. Yeah. bubble suit. You know, pretty much uh, hamster balls, what you kind of describe, kind of like, you know, soft hamster balls. It's balls that you get into, uh, that you, you could have maybe seen them, like the balls you get into, you just ram into each other, like they play like soccer with them and stuff. But yeah, that's how you kind of described it. But uh, giant hamster balls, pretty much. Yeah, it was still at night. We determined we were in a forest. Those of us with night vision start searching for the others and calling out. By then, the enchantment wore off of the people that was under the spell. We decided to not light a fire because we're in a forest. We don't know where we are, and we have plenty of people who could see in the dark. 
So we're traveling along and and what we perceive to be east based off our survival abilities. So then we see a fire off in the distance. Those of us could see in the dark kind of snuck up to see what it was going on. It was a bunch of goblins and they were dancing. And yeah, they were, they were fucking partying it up. So we're deciding, trying to decide where we're going to go. If we're just going to go try to fight them, no, there's about 15 or 16 we can there see. Was, yeah, there was about that much. So we're going to sneak around, then all we, next thing we know, a group of goblins wearing purple just run by, give zero fucks about us. Well, actually, there was an argument before that. Well, so, Shim actually created roles. Now it's the female counterpart of Shim, the bard part of Shim at this point. And um, while they were in town, way back when Birthbringer was trying to get love for his hand, they bought a harness. He went to a leather worker and bought a harness, which comes into play here soon. But Shim and Birthbringer get into an argument about how to handle the situation because Shim's just saying to travel around the group, travel around it. And Birthbringer's like, I have oil. Let's just set the whole surrounding area around them on fire. So that way they can't follow us. Or you know, you know, you sneaky guys go around and sneak, put this oil out, set this thing on fire, set it on fire. So if they do decide they're gonna come after us, because I just felt like we weren't gonna get past them. Like we were gonna try to be sneaky, but look, I'm I'm seven foot tall, like seven foot nine inches tall. I'm not sneaking past nobody. My, my sneak is probably negative like something. So I'm like, look, set this whole area on fire. And she's like, no, we can just go around. At this whole argument, while we're arguing. That's when the goblins ran past, uh, started attacking the other goblins. For easier reference, the dancing around the fire goblins, they had blue paint markings on them. The one that ran past us was the purple. Both factions start fighting. We're like, cool, a distraction. Let's go. Then one of the purple ones comes running out, falls over on the edge of town, just pointing at us and said something in common. Like, help us, or help, help. Yeah, like help. So, Abyss Grip decided, I'm going to kill this before he points us out to the others. And misses, and just said, fuck it. Walked off. And then Birthbringer's like, alright, no, forget it, I'm killing it. So, he kills it. I kill it. Birthbringer kills it, and that's when the Blue Goblins, aka the Crypt Goblins, that's what I'm calling them, uh, the Blue Goblins run over, and they're like, oh, you know, pretty much like, you killed, they're sitting there celebrating, they didn't say you killed, because they were speaking in Goblin, but they're all like, whoa, you killed them, dancing, you know, they're sitting there crip walking on his body and stuff like that, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they want, they want Birthright to come to the city. So yeah, you I, were their god now, you just massacred their enemy. So, Birthright calls the rest of the party over, argues with Shim a little bit, he's like, Shim, Shim, she's not answering to that, because that's not her name, but, you know. That's Birthbringer's nickname for him. But uh, finally they come over. Birthbringer and Shim argue a little bit more. The goblin's like, kill? I'm like, no, wait, no, 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 no. That's my homie. Wait, I know we're arguing. Still homies. We go to the village. You know, the goblins are all like, you know, yeah, cool, cool. They have a chief goblin. They, they speak, talk about what's going on in their goblin little language and stuff. About how Birthbringer, you know, killed them all. And then... Uh, when you were talking about fucking bitches, again, so Shim, as you call them, just scales Birthbringer's back and puts a harness on. Birthbringer's trying to get some goblin pussy. Yes, because Birthbringer really needs goblin pussy. With Birthbringer, there's seven foot nine Goliath. 
needs two foot goblin pussy. The brother hasn't been laid this whole time yet. Um, I'll keep cock blocking. All right. And then at this point, everybody's like arguing over how what we're gonna do. The idea of well, they could show us how to get out, but nobody speaks common. We're arguing about that. So Biscrip looks at the captain, just says, "Anybody speak common?" Motherfucker said yes. Yeah. So yeah, the goblins just decided they were gonna speak goblin in front of us instead of now speaking common. Because at first I was like, "Holy shit, we just killed the goblin tribe that speaks common, and now we have to deal with these motherfuckers that don't speak common." We fucked up, <laughs> and, and it just took a simple "Can you speak goblin or common?" And they're like, "Okay, we'll speak common for you." And we find out their name was the um, they Ukes. were the Uke tribe, and the purple ones was the Zooks, and they're having a civil war because of toast. Correction, buttered toast. Yeah, the Zooks they old butter their toast and eat it with the butter side down. The Ukes do not like that, so we decide to play along. I don't know what everybody else's preference is, but we decided to play along. The next day, the rest of the night goes just uneventful. We wake up and decided we're going to go kill these Ukes for them, just so we could get out of this forest. So we just gear up and like, no, no, we got this, we got this. You guys stay back and we go looking for them. And well, before then, they hand us the, their bomb, their secret weapon. Oh, yes. The yeah, bomb. they hand us this, the... Uh, Bitsy Big Boom. Bitsy Big Boom, something like that. And I took I, I took hold of that and I stuffed a, a jar full of... Oh, yeah. I had to get a jar from Birthbringer, but he was too, no fucking upset that he got fucking gagged and he couldn't take it off himself. Well, you guys, I, I tried to get it off. I failed my strength check on getting it off. And yeah, it was uh, good leather. <laughs> yeah, well, don't good forget, leather. I've been mentioning since the first episode, somebody in this party's into bondage. Yeah, that'd be first, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> first, we're tying everybody up. Now she's gagging people. And then they left me gagged all night, so I couldn't even eat. And gagged through breakfast. Oh, and they had to test us with the buttered toast to see how we would eat it. But uh, after they ungagged me, I decided to cop cooperate, but I was still pissed off. Brethren was still very angry, and uh, after they ungagged me, I, of course, threatened who was now Kai. Uh, not Kai. Yes, it was Kai. Okay, now it was now Kai. Threatened him. Of course, he was like, "It wasn't me. It was the other personality." I was like, "Well, Shim. Either way, it's this body. I don't give a damn." And gave Lily here, which we had a whole argument about that, but uh. Yeah, he, he's, he's calling my character Leela for no reason. But um, he wheeled it here, a bottle, to put the, the, to put the uh, Bitsy Big Boom Bitsy Big Boom in, and then straight up, Birdman was ready. He straight storms, starts going that way to where they're supposed to be at. Everybody else comes along, we're ready to go. And we run into some scouts. Well, before we even ran into the scouts, we saw some pikes with some of the Ukes head just sitting on there. Yeah. So script decides to start yelling out, man, them dumbass yukes eating the butter side toast up and just pretty much trying to pretend like we didn't like them either. So hopefully they would lead us to their camp and we just bring a surprise attack. So a couple of the scouts came out, kind of didn't believe us, so threw a piece of toast on the ground towards the script, lands on the ground, butter side down, 
There's dirt on it, so he eats it. He could have easily gave a performance of his life if there was no dirt on that toast. They didn't believe it, so they attacked us. Yeah, Barth was like, nope, we're done with this. Cut their heads off. Well, luckily, Kai was hiding during this time, and hit-and-run tactics was used a lot. He would pop out, hit one, hide. We just annihilated them easily and just said, screw it. Let's drop this tan. Damn tan. Why? I can't even talk. Yeah, let's drop this damn village. Yeah. So, yeah, we progress a little further. We find we come across the village of uh, the Zooks? Yes. We come across one of the goblin villages, the the one we were supposed to, you know, kill. Genocide. We'll call call them Grape Street. Grape Street? (laughs) Yeah, we are about to genocide these Zooks. I mean, we... Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much what happens. I I can't even deny that. Like, we 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 really did just go on a fucking murder spree. Like we, like there were eighteen Ukes and you no know, six five of us because Alistair stayed with the Ukes to you know stayed with the Crips to you know just say hey I'm here pet my ferret. Yeah, he still has his fucking ferret by the way. Yeah, so when we saw the entire group charging, Abyss Grip knew, Birthbringer could hold his own, but that's a lot of Zooks. So they're just standing side by side, just beating down anything that comes towards them. While Naraya and Kai are just cleaning up the back row. That's how we do. And that fight went relatively easy. And from there, that's when we started looting. Yeah. um, Who all remembers what loot they got? I didn't loot anything. All I remember is you got a flask and it has something in it that's not alcoholic. Yeah, you don't want to know what's in it. Well, all I got was some uh, low-grade quality cloth. A lot of it, worth about $900, but low-grade quality. And then, of course, Lilo over here, aka Cyclops, um, got that flask full of whatever. And then Shim, Shim got that painting worth 10,000 gold. Yeah, that's just as much as that fucking bounty. Yeah. Like, for a thief, he's making more of his fortune not stealing as compared to as compared to stealing. So well, far, the only thing he's stolen that you have is, like, LSD. Yeah. and I uh, think that's what deterred him from stealing, because what if we get more drugs and Sippy decides to be Sippy? Hey, hey. From Lila. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> I think now. that's what we should tell you when it comes to these drugs. Kai. Pre- All right. Well, you know what? You don't have to worry about that anymore. So if you guys remember from our episode, from episode three, I am taking over as DM for our new group. And that means I'm going to have to retire my character. So how I'm pretty much going to write the story goes is once we get back to HQ, my character is going to take over as boss. The current boss is going to retire or whatever, and I'm going to be doing the desk job, giving you guys your new assignments and whatnot. Well, it's a good thing because you got one eye. Hey, that didn't that didn't matter during the fucking, no, the goblin fight. Yeah, but Birthbringer <laughs> could sneak up on you on your blind side where you have no eye. There is no way this big motherfucker is sneaking up on me, even on my blind side. Hey, you never know. What if he decides to go full Looney Tunes and just, like, tippy-toe about it? Can you imagine a 7'9", 450-500-pound Goliath sneaking on his tippy-toes? First of all, I'm not that fat, okay? The Goliaths are actually quite lean, 
So even at seven foot eight, I'm only about 300 pounds. That's the max weight of Laugh of Goliaths. Don't ask me how and why. <laughs> Still, it could happen. I've seen crazier things. Yeah, I can't doubt that. <laughs> I mean, we've played games where um, it's fantasy and then all of a sudden, oh, hey, look, there's Star Wars. Yeah, that was a, an interesting addition to that campaign. Yeah, I have no idea where I went there because I left shortly after that. Yeah, we haven't really ran into that too much there. But that's not this session. That's not this campaign. Yeah, that's yeah. understandable. Okay. But yeah, so I, I do agree with you. Anything can happen. But I find it hard to believe that this big motherfucker is going to be sneaking up on me. What if he takes off his shoes? You're trying to give him reason to sneak up on me. And it's just not working. I'm not going to allow it. <laughs> but, you know, for comedy reasons. He can sneak up on someone else. It ain't going to be me. <laughs> Watch. Challenge accepted. Oh, God. That's going to be the entire session is him trying to sneak up on you. You can't do it. You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't have any reason to do it. Like, you have to give me a reason to do it, and then I might allow you to try to do it. Well, I guess looks like we'll have to find out next time on Murphy's Roll. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, people. This is Murphy's Roll. And I am Reaper. This is Nian. Bone Crusher Strawball Earthquake the Juggernaut. And we will see you all next time.